The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Chelsea squandering a 2-1 lead at West Ham to drop from first to third. Divock Origi coming on to score the late winner for Liverpool at Wolves. Man City continuing to cruise control at the Goudreaux to go top of the table. Ralph Ranić bailed out by Fred on his managerial debut to come away victorious. Steven Gerrard and Brendan Rodgers reunited at Villa Park and Newcastle and Eddie Howe finally win their first match of the season. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. So let's start, Robbie with Chelsea that going into the weekend were the top dogs in the Premier League yeah. and um, both our tips to win the Premier League this season. Uh, bit Not of a mine. Freak. Not mine. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was... No, no, you're, you're on leave, I'll leave that all on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, bit of a freakish game, mate. Um, mm. Lots that went on. Chelsea, like, kind of un-Chelsea-like, un-Edouard yeah. Mendy, the goalkeeper-like, mm. and a couple of things that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, were you surprised? My first note on my list of watching yeah. this game is Lukaku. You know, not yeah. ready. Mm. Uh, and Pulisic was out. Just in terms of lineup, it was Kai Havertz played up front with yeah. Mason Mount and Hakim Ziyech, those two little number 10s behind him. Yeah. Um, just on that team, Rob, first of all, mm. Lukaku, he's been on the bench now for two or three games. Is he yeah. Out? I mean, whether the he's been nursed back from the injury, Rob, we don't know, you know, the extent of the injury. Is he, is he 100% fit? I've got to be honest, I said, that was my first question working with Tim um, about this weekend. I went, Lukaku, this? Like, bit yeah. of a scratch my head, like, got to get him in soon. You've got to get him back. And, and my point before the ball was kicked was, if Chelsea going to win this title, I know one of the reasons you were a little bit more favouring them than the other two. And we know it's going to be a close race, but mm. you've talked about what he brings. And, and I was saying to, 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 um, to Tim, well, they've got to get Lukaku 15 to 20 goals and they've got to get him back playing and, and a bit of stability back to that front line because what we've seen at the moment is lots of different interchange through sometimes form, through fitness, through injuries, through who's available. But I just feel like Maybe it needs to bed down a little bit at the moment. And, and when Lukaku was the front guy and he had the two under him, maybe mountain habits at the start of the season, it, it looked it looked decent. Then Lukaku's got injured and he hasn't scored, I think it's six games, Premier League games, without a goal, obviously, since the injury. I just feel like they've got to get him back and in the team, Rob. From, mm. from my point of view, it feels a bit... It would worry me a little bit of him, Charles Fine, why I'm not starting to see him and why that's not starting to bed down. Because my, my question back to you, Rob, is I still don't think we know who Chelsea's best front three are. We don't. Um, and I don't think the manager does. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I think we've seen various other nines. Mm. Kai Havertz played in this game. We've seen Timo Werner that still hasn't um, convinced that he's legitimate number nine. There's only one number nine in that football club and it's Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. And the other spots, I think it's a little easier to rotate those. But when your number nine changes a little bit, I don't know, I just think it's a little harder. Mm. Kai Havertz, Rob, mm. just on him a little bit. And, I, and I'm really interested on, on your take on this as well. Yeah. Timo Werner and Kai Havertz came in from the Bundesliga last year for big monies, big fees. And I think a lot of people in football thought this, this really makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Two strong players, great records. They've got good age. Um, coming to the football club, and at the beginning, we were we were said, you know, these guys are going to take yeah. a little bit of time to settle into yeah. the side, because you know, and this is sometimes when you see a player first come into the Premier League, you can kind of set you can set your opinion pretty mm. quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, Rob, when when a player looks like he's got a ton more to give, and I think that that was the case, particularly with Kai Havertz. Mm. Have you been? disappointed with Havertz, Rob, in terms of the time taken, the effect in this league, as a nine, as a ten, whatever he's played, he hasn't quite taken off. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
mitigating circumstances for him, I suppose, moving to a foreign country, penda- pandemic. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting the stuff out there, Rob, his age. I know he's an international one, but I'm, I'm putting things that can affect what we see on a football pitch in some of those things. I think he's been blessed, actually. Werner's took the rap for a lot of things because the spotlight hasn't been on him at all. I think that's mm-hmm. helped him. And I think to a certain degree, and I, I, I'm taking your points because I, I, I'm not here either to defend or not. I'm here to, be, to, to give my opinion. that I think there's a player in there, but again, I'm not sure. I think he'd be better playing in more of a set position. Not that they can't rotate because football's about fluidity now, but knowing his role a little bit better and understanding his role. Because to a certain degree, Rob, and, and as, again, I mentioned to Tim that, there's almost a situation where Frank Lampard lost his job, not solely, but in part because he wasn't getting enough from these two. They were seen as big European signings who were ready to go to the next level, were ready to, to, to work out, and neither really has shown as a consistent run of form that we're starting to say, yeah, that's the player that Chelsea bought, that's the potential that Chelsea bought. So I hear your questions, and I, and I think you're right, I believe there's some mitigating circumstances that at the moment give habits a little bit of an out, but we're starting to get to the point where, come on then, Kai, we've got to start seeing it now. I think, obviously, the two-call coaching method has been great for the club in terms of its build-up play, its defensive strength, but you can't say that this German coach has made a big difference to those players that came out of the Bundesliga. And you could also say Christian Pulisic as well has worked with his coach before at Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. You know, I think we expected that. You know, he's going to get the best out of Timo Werner and, and Kai Havertz. And listen, this isn't a... This isn't... It's just an observation yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I, that, that happens over a period of time where like, well, when, when are we going to see what these guys have done in, in, in previous leagues and for different teams, national teams as well? So I just... You yeah. know, and, and it's not a chance because they lost, I guess... I guess naturally we'll we'll try and pick up on things that weren't great. Um, it's just I just wanted to have a little chat about yeah. habits because I think we both agree super talented, but as he got the uh, as he got the the heart and the, and the the mental toughness and the strength, Rob, to to in, to force himself on games and to be a little bit more selfish and a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, a bit more of a swagger, Rob, a little bit more confidence. Whether he's not that sort of guy, maybe he's not. Yeah. I just I just think he needs something to really persuade that. I mean, there's, there's bits in games, even in this yeah. game, where he's silky, he's got a lovely touch, he's got great size, he's got good speed. I just, I'm waiting for him to put it all together. That's what I'm basically saying. And, and have a run That's where he scores goals, he looks he looks a million bucks, which he has. Most of his argument, he, you know, if somebody was arguing that he's, he has scored the Champions League goal, goal that won in the Champions League. So big, yeah. you know, he's a big game player and he can come in big moments. But you're exactly right. We've got to see a little bit more for that kind of money, mm. for that potential. You know, we're, mm. we're hoping that Tuchel can, can start to show us that. But, but you're right. I'm talking the other end, Rob. You, you mentioned it. Edward Mendy. Yeah. Um, I mean, mm. just an off day. We've got to rip that one up and say off day and move on. Because if, um, if that's Kepa, by the way... Everybody's piling in. All right. So here's my take on it. First one, and I, I went out last night with a few friends, and I, I sort of we talked about the Edward Mendy when yeah. he's got the ball. He does well yeah. initially to to uh, mm. to shield the player. Yeah. Who was it? Bowen. It was uh, Joe Bowen, wasn't it? Joe Bowen, yeah. And I said to these guys last night over over a couple of beers, you forget how quick footballers are. Footballers, outfield players, strikers, mm. they are lightning quick. So when Edward Mendy thinks he can take a touch out of his feet and then clear the ball. Well, that touch, if it's three yards away from his feet, he ain't getting there for the second touch. And that's what happened, Rob. Yeah. And you don't see that until you see a stark example of a goalkeeper and a big goalkeeper that's not an outfield player. He's not a runner or a quick or anything. And he thought he had time to take a touch and play the ball out. And he didn't. Error, mistake, obvious. Jorginho before that, of course, as well. Yeah. But that's an obvious error. Now, the second goal, and the winning goal from Arthur Masuaku, I didn't think was his fault. And I know that you and Tim in the studio put him to blame for that. I thought it was more freakish than a, an obvious error. I think from that position, he's got every... I understand his weight's going to be going left because mm. Masuak is trying to cross the ball. And I don't think goalkeepers are going to stand that much closer to that near post, Rob when the ball's probably going to come into the back post. So I thought he tried to get back after he saw the, the weird like knuckle yeah, of the ball, yeah. whether it's a deflect, slight deflection or whatever it was, a weird, totally weird shot. Mm. I just, I personally, 
don't think it's an awful error for Mendy. Yes, of course, he, he'll be frustrated with himself yeah. and think he can save it on another occasion. I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a bad error. I disagree. And I think if it was Kepa, I think we'd be jumping on him. I think you only had to look at his face and he knew that he'd, he'd, he'd messed up. Yes, he takes a position, but I still think he had enough time to get back. I thought he had a bad day. Uh, and a bad day for one goalkeeper uh, keeper sometimes is OK. Can we move on? Yes. If it starts to become more regular, that becomes an issue then that Tuchel would have to address because um, because obviously with Kepa in the team and the defensive base of Adam, I mean, they've conceded six goals in all 14 games before. They conceded three here at mm. West Ham. And, and I think we need to talk about West Ham, Rob, because it wasn't just about Chelsea's defeat. It was more about a West Ham win. And David Moyes and this team and this group of players who continue to defy the odds at times. I said to Rebecca what, before kick-off, and she said about, you know, how you, what do you feel about the game? And I said, as I said against Liverpool recently against West Ham, I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham win the game, Rob, uh, Rob mm. because that's what David Moyes has got about this group. They stay in games when they need to. They've got a little bit of fight about them. They've got a threat from set pieces. Uh, they've got willing workers. They've got ability in the team. And, he, and one of the things I, I said to, to Rebecca that, was really interesting as I was watching the end of the game is the London Stadium was getting a bit of a personality and a soul about it. That I used to feel it used to almost hinder the team and it was like, you know, we're too far away, we can't get connections. <laughs> that's starting to change. And I know that's winning and I know that's... But it feels, it feels like a different place now. And I think that's important for West Ham to have that. As they used to have, as we know, back in the day, Upton Port. You used to go to Upton Port and you knew you were, what you were getting in terms of the game and, and the crowd. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think I think when you get that, is it nearly sixty thousand there, Rob? Isn't it? Or yeah, it, it yeah. can get to that. It's yeah. like so I, when West Ham are playing well and winning, and where they are on the league table, everyone's going to come want to watch West Ham United. The atmosphere with that amount of people is going to be great. So yeah, those days are forgotten when the team's not playing well. Maybe there's a few empty spots in the stadium. Mm. The football's not great. There's a bit of moaning, groaning, and they sort of looking around and they see how far away it is. So. I think it does come back to it's not listen. It's not a great it's not a great football stadium. That that's that still holds true, but when the team is playing as well as it is and showing the guts and the fight and the technical football at times as well, um, with a little fluky winning goal today, they will take it and they deserve it. So it's yeah. like, as we both know, Rob, we've played against West Ham many many times, mm-hmm. and I got to say, in you know that that totally up or down. Totally up or down that that team, and I've been yeah. went up to Park many times where the fans are booing booing the, the their team off the field, and it feels really good to play there. Other times where it's a nightmare place to go. So mm. really good for them, really good for David Moyes again, a team that fights and scraps and stays in games. Um, just Jared Bowen, I think was due a few goals, Rob. So I yeah. think he's. If you look at the other players, you know, Fernals and, and the other ben guys, Fernals and mm. Tony had all got goals. He was a little bit low on the numbers, yeah. Yeah, so he's coming good now and uh, I mean it's remarkable where they are on the league table it really is given given um, the opponents and how strong the big boys are this season so West Ham continue to do it another gutsy scrappy fighty and you get sometimes you get you earn that little bit of luck Rob you know and uh, yeah. they're on the front foot they were advanced you know he came into the game and, and, and the cross from the left side there was a bit of a weird one um, and they won the game it's kind of remarkable because Chelsea were in control and my first bunch yeah. of notes are like you know, this, this Chelsea system is so controlling and it's so solid. And But the, it went, second half, it went a little bit. So very unlike Chelsea, a little bit of a you know, reality check, but a bit of a like, you know, we, we yeah, got a lot yeah. more to do because there's yeah. some teams that we'll talk about, Rob, that are, that are playing pretty good football and Chelsea can't, you know. I, I said again, just thinking last night what, what was going through my mind. is, and, and it's very early yet and Chelsea can recover and win the title. Mm. I just don't know whether... Chelsea aren't quite ready yet, Rob. Aren't quite ready to win the title. They're still figuring things out where it feels like City and Liverpool are mm-hmm. super grooved and it just matters who's fit and available and they're going to do their thing. Or Chelsea's still trying to improve. They're trying to... I don't know. And, yeah, and, 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 we'll and, yeah, we'll I mean, see. When, when, they, when they're good, they look good and they look like they control the opposition probably as well as any of the top three. But on their off days, it, it gets a bit loose. So... Yeah, we'll see plenty of football more to play. Um, let's move it on to Liverpool next because they went away to Wolverhampton Wonders. Not an easy place to go. Uh, Wolves nil, Liverpool won. Uh, late, late, Divock Origi goal. Again, Origi comes up with, with a big moment for Liverpool. 
as I was watching this game, I was, I was thinking, Rob, is this one of those where Liverpool just can't quite get it done? Is this the day like we've seen maybe last, it's more like last season where, you know, they, they had possession, they created chances, but they didn't find the goal. And then, I, for me, the 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 Origi goal, the manner that it came, the manner that it was scored, the manner that it was celebrated, took me back to the title winning season. Took me straight back to the title winning season. That's what they did. I remember them doing it at Villa. I remember them doing it at Sheffield United. I remember them three or four places going late, late on and finding a winner. And it, it starts to feel a bit more like that now with Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, you've stole my thunder, mate. I mean, my, my, my big words over this game is the celebration. Mm. And, you know, from, from I know Chelsea lost, but from Chelsea still trying to find the best Chelsea there is under Thomas Tuchel, Liverpool know what theirs is, their best form of themselves is, and uh, maybe it wasn't the best form of themselves against Watford, but when that goal went in um, and the celebration, John Hendon was there, Rob was there, the manager was there, all the staff were there flying at the side of the pitch. I'm like, wow, this is what it means right now to this team. And God, the emotion and the drive and the, and um, it just, you know, the, the desire it looks like to win another title, Rob, is strong. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. interesting you picked up the same thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't, you know, we both want to talk about that because we yeah. feel it means something. We're not mm-hmm. just saying it because mm-hmm. it looked pretty cool on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Cool. That, that was a, that was a um, you know, quite a few players and staff that knew what that meant. Yeah. N- knows where they're trying to get. And, um, yeah, and, and again, from a player that... Uh, <laughs> And I, I, I'll announce my um, this weekend's underappreciated performer, Divock Origi. I mean, how many times you, has this had, been now? You've, you've had a week. You've had Fred and Divock Origi in, 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 in the same week, my friend. Well, I mean, well, I mean it could have been Fred again, but, and, uh, but and we'll talk about Fred. But no, I mean, yeah. the, underappreciated, Rob, because we all know what it's like to be in a team when, when there are a lot of strikers and, and they don't play. It's a miserable place for forwards and for yeah. strikers. And he's been hearing it for, forever and ever and ever about the front three at, at Liverpool. And, and um, Diogo Jota comes into the team and the squad and starts scoring goals. Again, he's the one that's custard pied and he's put onto the, to the bench, but comes in in important moments and scores unbelievable goals in big games. So he yeah. did it again today. It's going to be really important uh, for some point for him to come and play. Maybe the African Cup of Nations, Rob, when they're going to lose Mo Salah yeah. and, and Sadio yeah. Mane. You might see Divock Origi a little more um, with maybe Jota uh, in that lineup. Maybe Firmino at that point as well. So, yeah, well done, Origi. Underappreciated for, for what he does at this football club as a, as a teammate, but also an important striker when he gets those few minutes in not many games to come and do his thing. Yeah, uh, and you touched on something, Rob, I just wanted to go to because the African Cup of Nations is something that has to take, come under serious consideration for Liverpool. They, move, they lose Mo Salah, who has a brilliant assist, 13 goals, nine assists now. I mean, it's incredible numbers. I mean, he's touched for the Rigi goal in the setup. They lose Sadio Mane. I believe there's a possibility of possibly the Chelsea game. I think that's the early January second that probably the players will play. Then I think it's Crystal Palace and Brentford. There's a cut, FA Cup game and possibly Leicester. So that's kind of a, a rough guide of about the month that they could be away. Hmm. Is there a worry for Liverpool losing those two players that City will talk about, particularly, could create a six or seven point gap during that time? Yes, because yeah. you, you've got no, you've got no Salah, got no money. So let's say Rigi having moments like he had yesterday are important. <laughs> He's going to come in. You'd like, I think, Firmino comes back and Jota plays, so it's not a bad three. You've got Ox who can play up there. You've got maybe others. Minamino who can come and do you a mm. job. Mm. Is there enough for Liverpool to, to sustain what they're doing? Or are they sort of need to get a few more points in the bag now because of what might come? Yeah, I, I would be worried if I was a Liverpool fan. And I know mm. it can vary the time away. And there's some con- controversy, Rob, about when they were to meet up. Yeah, and what that would, yeah, there's something that I remember that's reading. The, like, that's the Chelsea game, they want to meet, they want them to meet up like yeah. a couple of weeks before the tournament, and yeah, class with the, with the game, right? I've got to remember the African is where the var- the other variants about Rob, so we don't know what's going to be happening oh. about yeah. quarantine and isolation and players coming back and things. So yeah. it's just a, a really uneasy time for Liverpool when things just look to be going so well, 
Yeah, and two players that are, that are incredible form at the moment, particularly Mo Salah, but even Sadio Mane, Rob. He's, he's miles better than he was last year with his numbers so far as well. So, yeah, that's a legitimate concern um, that Liverpool fans will have. Um, but they're not playing well. You know, they're not playing well. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, defensively, uh, a little bit less drama over the last couple of matches, really, for them with that. Um, but, yeah, another very important win for them. Three points keeps the pressure on everybody else at the top. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, my friend, we're going to move it on to Vicarage Road. Watford 1, Manchester City 3. Um, death by a thousand passes. I mean, just it's ridiculous. I said to Bex was asked this morning about the top three, and I said, they're redefining Premier League football as, as we've known. They're, they're playing it in a different way, Bex. They're doing it in a different style, with a different manner, with a different possession, with a different shape than, than we've seen before. And maybe it'll go away when Pep goes. Maybe others will try it, but... Their consistency, their dominance, their probing of the opposition gets to such a point that the midfield player, loser, which is not a good last name to have by, by any means, Olympic player, <laughs> Rob, there was a shot of him during the first half where he was panting, looking, <laughs> at his, looking around as if, like, where's the next one coming from? And I was not surprised. He came off at half-time. If you have a look, he, he came off. And I remember thinking to myself, I bet he's dizzy in that dressing room. Yeah. Just dizzy yeah. by what was going on, Rob. With, with the, it was interesting. They started Jack Grealish up at the top, central in the false nine. Foden to the left, Sterling to the right. Mm. Rodri held. And he had um, Gundogan and Bernardo Silva next to him. And they went on a merry dance, my friend. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right when you say Pep's redefining football. We've never seen football like this before in the Premier League. I can say that safe in the knowledge. We've never seen so much possession, quality and dominance from a team. Um, and where it's different, where, where this has evolved over the last couple of seasons, this no striker situation, which was my concern, yeah. you were less concerned. Obviously, mm-hmm. you went from to win the title. Yeah. I thought they'd just go a little bit short. The, I mean, there's so, he has adjusted the way the team plays to account for that. And there's so many players that arrive in the boxes, is what he says. And you're like, you know, yeah. you have to arrive in the box. There's so many players that do that, mm. that they're banging the goals in from different people. That That's where the redefining part comes in. Like, do even the, the teams need, need strikers anymore? Yeah. This, this, this modern day of, of silky football, possession football, and pressing, does there need to be a big centre forward? Is he going to be that important, for, particularly the, key, the team that's that's really stuck on, on playing this possession football along the ground, the combinations, the movements. It's brilliant, brilliant to watch. Mm. The team, Rob. Now, a couple of things on the team. Rodri with Bernardo Silva and Gundogan. Yeah. Love it, actually. Yeah. Love yeah. it. And I know that Kevin De Bruyne is not there right now. I, I wouldn't change if Kevin De Bruyne was fit... Well, he Next came back. Week. He came on, didn't he, for, for Did the he? last bits of the game? Yeah, he came on at the end because he's had COVID and he's just getting over the COVID, yeah. So he doesn't get in that team for me right now. Now, and I'll explain why. Bernardo Silva. I was going to say, I'm shaking my head, so please tell me why. No, he, he doesn't. Fit, well, obviously, if, right. If fit, if fit Kevin De Bruyne doesn't get in that in your team. No. Well, there's okay. Explain. <laughs> maybe one spot. But, no, but, but Rodri, obviously the holding player. Bernardo yeah, Silva yeah, is, yeah. is one of the first on the team sheet. Yeah, Two yeah, goals, yeah. brilliant yeah. performance. Ilkay Gundogan, Rob, would be the spot where potentially... But he's important for the goals that they need without a central striker. We know what he did last year, 13 Premier League goals. Hasn't quite been the same season for him, but it could be. I see he nearly scored in this, uh, the, the shot he went through. Yeah, and yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, played yeah. him behind. Mm. I, I like the midfield three and I mm. like the front three. I think Sterling's got more of a goal threat than, than uh, Riyad Mahrez and Gabriel Jesus. Though there's always going to be rotations yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Phil Foden... Enough said. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant player, yeah. wherever he, he needs to be in the side. Jack Greenish is a number nine, Rob, mm. is interesting to me. And it might be a good... It, it, it hasn't been amazing at it, and he had a good no. chance to score. No. Just His touch was a little heavy. 
but I don't mind it. And I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more mm. of it, more involved, more around the goal. Jack yeah. Greenish needs to get more goals, more, you know, he needs to, to threaten the goal more. And playing as, in the central part might be a really good way of doing that. Foden's so brilliant, you can play him anywhere, mm. but it might get more out of Grealish. The phone's on the left and Grealish is through the middle. So when I look at the front six, the midfield three and the front three, no nine, but lots of scorers, Rob. Yeah. Lots of scorers. Every one of those players, apart from Rodri, mm. could, I know Grealish hasn't yet, they could get double figures, yeah. you know, well into double figures, which could be enough to win a Premier League title. So I, I just thought this team, I liked it, and mm. I think you saw that from the performance and the dominance um, was was wow! They can play and they can they can create and score as well with these midfield and attacking players in the team. Which is, which is the reason, actually, without Harry Kane, still said this team will get enough goals that you score in the six-yard box. It Kane can get, but others can get, and then they can come up with special goals as we've seen yeah. in autos than one or two others do. And I'd agree with you. I thought Jack, I got a little bit disappointed for Jack that the way the game was going, and I saw his face when when he looked over and his, his number came up. And it was almost like he, I think it, it, to me, he was just saying, please leave me on. Please let me get a goal. Because he's trying everything. It's just not quite working. He had a shot that was blocked that went over the top. Mm. He had a touch was a little bit heavy, ran into the keeper. Mm. It got away from him. And he just can't quite find that Jack Greeley touch. And I was thinking to myself last night about it, because I, I knew we, we'd touch on it today. And I was thinking, he hasn't really had a Jack Grealish moment yet. One of them special moments where you go, wow. That, you know, I almost feel yeah. like that's what he needs for himself and maybe just for the team and the fans and everybody just to buy into what he is. But, yeah. but I agree. I, think, I still think he's a great addition. I think he understands, he's understanding what Pep wants. Um, and as I said, the way they play, the football they play, they'll continue to score goals. There is one man, my friend, who... Had to be my unappreciated player of this week. Um, and I'm going to say something that I'm sure you're going to laugh out loud. He's the closest thing to David Silver I've seen playing in the Premier League, probably apart from Georgie King Clubs. He was another Man City brilliant player. Bernardo Silva, my friend, is playing football at another mm. level. And Bernardo, here's my line for Bernardo Silva that, that I hope we'll, we'll retain till the end of the season. Bernardo Silva is going to be this season's Ilkay Gundogan from last season. Bernardo Silva's now on seven Premier League goals. That's more than half than what Gundogan got in the title winning season last year. 13 goals top scorer. Gundogan probably at 15, 16 the way he's going and he can continue to play. And others, as you say, around him. Mm. His football, Rob, his intelligence, his reading. There was a couple of times yesterday where I was saying to Bex, Look what he's doing. He's having the ball here to, to create a space for somebody else. He knows where the space is, but he's, he's drawing his defenders. He doesn't want the ball, but look what he's... And he does so many of those unselfish things that unless you could stop the, the camera and show people, it's so hard to define. He, he's just... He gets everything that Pep's trying to do um, in a way, in that silky left foot. And the goal that he scores... I mean, he, he just drifts outside Rose as if to say, well, you've got to come with me because you can't let me go past you. Knowing he's going to go back onto his left foot, which is where he wants to be strong for, and then just bends it with his left foot into the yeah. goal. I mean, that is, is just top-end superb football. And right now, I mean, there was, a, there was a t some talk at the beginning of the season that Bernardo Silva might be um, allowed to leave the football club. I mean, you couldn't yeah. pay enough to game out that football club now for Pep. Hmm. No, I um, I, I think underappreciated uh, is a good shout, and he shouldn't be anymore. He shouldn't be. The, the, I mean, he, he is a brilliant little player. I'm sure that I and we have talked about him, Rob, before about yeah, br how brilliant about, he is. Yeah. Um, you know, again, another name I'll throw at you, even a bigger name than David Silva, Andres Iniesta. The ability hmm. to keep possession of the ball is so underestimated and is so important, particularly in a pep team. You give him the ball with three or four players around, he'll wiggle. He knows where people are. His vision's really good. He'll play little one-twos to get out of trouble. He's just got an incredible football intelligence, football IQ yeah. in tactical situations, as well as his technical you know, brilliance. He's a slight little guy. He's got no physicality. Mm. I think mentally he's pretty tough, actually. I think he's yeah. got a big heart by the way that he plays. So it's a, it's a very good shout. A player that um, I love to pieces. And uh, yeah, it's been periods, isn't it, where he's looked great and then he went mm. quiet again. Pep didn't play him. And now he's obviously on fire. So good shout.
City cruising, looking great at the moment. There's, there's, I don't, I don't think there's there's a team that makes winning look as easy as, as they do, Rob. And I'm going back for I'm going back for years. Like it, it almost looks boring because mm. it's like here we go. And and Pep said it well afterwards, Rob. I, I saw his quote afterwards where he's saying, um, uh, the, the, saying that they're an incredibly consistent team. And that's, that's of mm. course, credit to himself yeah. to, to, to be that grooved. But they are. Every time you see him play, it's the same, it's the same pattern, isn't it? It's the same mm. kind of pattern. Slightly mm. different issues that they'll, they'll attack in different yeah. ways, but they usually win. So good result. Really, really great performance again from them. Let's talk about the other Manchester team then. <clears throat> there was a big um, spotlight on Manchester United at Old Trafford this weekend at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, Palace team that have been on the last two occasions to Old Trafford. Ralph Rannick's first game in charge. Um, no, you were watching this one. Hmm. Give us your school report on Mr. Oh. Rannick's first day in at Old Trafford, my friend. Well, I, 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 for me, very good. I mean, hmm. obviously better. Uh, obviously well organised. Obviously working on the press. You can see it in the first three yeah. minutes of the game, Rob, where yeah. they're trying to press, they're trying to keep people in. The system is different. Thought it worked pretty well with the outside players. It's like basically like a four-four-two, but the outside yeah. players kind of come in a little bit and try yeah. and give problems to the opponents exactly. in between those in between those lines a little bit. And the fullbacks can can use that space. Um, that's not it wasn't a massive difference. The biggest difference was their work ethic, yeah. the desire to press, not just from the front. And not just in midfield, but defenders as well, which is what they have absolutely lacked. So when the ball goes a little longer, instead of teams getting hold of the ball and be able to come out, Maguire was higher. Yeah. You know, all, all the the fullback, everybody was higher to win the ball back, um, which is what you want to see. And I guess most importantly, Rob, the game pattern, the flow of it, was pretty consistent through the 90 minutes. And we have mm. never seen that with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. We've never seen that. There's always good moments and bad moments and going forward, now we're going back. There was a a control mm. in the game that we haven't seen. Rannick said about it afterwards that he thought that it was, it was really important to see how his team were, and in his phrase, his words he's going to use against the ball. That's his kind of yeah, phrase. Yeah, you know, yeah. against the ball, yeah, he was please. really, really pleased. Yeah. And I just saw a team that was controlled, that was on mm. the front foot and benefited from the territory of that. So when you're pressing high and everybody's high, well, well then yeah. the whole team is high and you can win back, you can attack from there. And you're not running the full mm. length of the yeah. blooming pitch to attack and then defend again. So lots of good signs. Of course, we know it's early. Of course, we know he's had, like, I think, a day or one session yeah. with them. But the the composed nature, the lack of drama defensively, and David De Gea to have actually a quiet game. Mm. I bet the defenders are thinking, what? Yeah, is, don't mind this. Yeah, it's not all about us. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. We all, we're the ones that get hammered because they they get exposed on turnovers and lack of protection. So I thought it was miles better. Um, but we're not. We've been around this long enough to know that there's always going to be a little bit of a manager yeah. boost and a little manager bump. But let's be honest, it was pretty obvious how it was different, coached, different attitude, different tactically, and much much better even in his first game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in control was was my, my first word. I just thought it was more control than I've seen United for, for, for so long. Less drama. They were more compact. You were right. We didn't have time on air. We'd, we'd done a couple of shots early on where there was the pressing. pressing a couple yeah. where Lindelof and Maguire were going in on that first touch of Benteke and keeping the game in and making it difficult for Palace to come out. They had a little spell at I think end of the first half where Palace had a little, little bit of action in, in, in second half, which you'd expect and it's going to be a uh, evolving kind of evolving situation with Randnick, but I thought lots of good things to to to, um, to start with for, for United, and obviously he's going to start finding his players. And I was just interested in both fullbacks, Rob, because Don Lowe and Tellers, two who you haven't really seen that much of. A bit of Tellers in and out when Shaw's not been available. Uh, Dolo not so much when Wan Bissaka's playing. But I was I was sort of saying Tim as well. There's always that opportunity for these kind of players under Ranić. Is playing well and you've got the shirt. The manager doesn't particularly have to go. Well, Wambasaka was signed for X amount of dollars, and that's you know I'm going to put him in. If you're doing mm. a good job and the team are playing well, I just thought there's one or two opportunities for for you, players to kind of maybe change the landscape a little bit and at least give more competition for places. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's the time to do it, isn't it? Mm. I mean, we've we've been at clubs where we've had new managers yeah. so many times, and mm. you absolutely feel like. 
Yeah, I, I, hope, I hope he's um, his type of player. And, you, and you'll, you'll try a little harder or whatever, maybe in training and games, and to hope to try and get on his good side. The two fullbacks I thought were excellent, Rob. Yeah. Excellent. And there's more onus now on the fullbacks if he's going to continue to play yeah, in this narrow yeah. way. And I don't think he'll always do that, but, mm. but obviously it's something he's done in game one. Luke Shaw, great for the left side because he's really good going forward. Wambasaka, <laughs> less so. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of room to manoeuvre in, in the whole squad, I thought. And he made subs. Rashford's, you know, hasn't quite been Sancho himself, Rashford. I don't mm. think. So he, he came off later on in the game. And, and Ronaldo, I know the manager was pleased the way that he pressed. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like, like forget all the noise about Ronaldo's mm. not a big pressing player. You know, and all, a, a good coach, Grob, can motivate and can, yeah. can, can direct Anybody. And, and, and Ronaldo's been in teams that have won a loads of stuff. And, sure. you know, he's always been the same guy. He's not, you know, it's, yeah. I think that was overblown a little bit. But, mm. um, but it's good. And I, and I thought the fans were into it, Rob. I yeah. thought the fans were great as well at Old Trafford. They they were cheering every tackle, every press, as if they they, they knew what they wanted to see as well. And they hadn't yeah. been seen under Oregon and Solskjaer and frustration on the back of that. I, I've said it so many times that, that the better you are without the ball, directly affects how you are with it. It, mm. it just does because you're winning balls in good spots. There's spaces. You're on the front foot. You haven't got to run. It, it, you're going to be fresher when you, so it, it, it should be. And if I ever, if I ever had, um, got more into my coaching, I'd more, it's the first thing that I'd want to do is get my team really yeah, good settled. without the ball mm. because it, it does half more than half of the work yeah. with, with your attacking side of it, if you can win the ball back regularly. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was um, in those fullbacks. Uh, I thought Fred, you know, I know yeah. we joke about Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Fred is is probably going to enjoy this. Mm. And Ralph Randnick knows the importance of, of hard-working central midfield players. And we've criticised the middle of midfield. And I still don't think it's... I, I know Tom and Fred do a good job in, in this pressing side of things. I still think they could do with an upgrade in there. Mm. But, but Fred started off great. Yeah. And Fred, Fred, I, I feel Fred a little bit because, you know, he's not, he isn't the most technically gifted midfield player you're going to see in the Premier League, but but he's got a tremendous energy, he's got a mm. tre- tremendous heart, and he wants to please. And I mm. think he probably is the most coachable player in the squad. You want, you want me to do that? Oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. Oh, mm. I think he'll listen to instruction great from Ralph Ranić, and I think he'll be, he'll be a really important part of that press and being infectious the way that he works hard to close the ball down. So Fred, I thought McTominay was was disappointing, actually. Yeah, not, not quite. Just, just not randomly. Quite, not quite himself, was no, he? No, not quite himself. Yeah. Um, you wonder if Fred, it's interesting you say that, because as, as you were talking, and obviously Fred gets the goal, but he, you know he's, he's nicking balls now, he's a bit higher up the pitch, he's looking like he's enjoying it a little bit more than maybe we've seen him in the past. But it, it made me think, like, I wonder if Fred's going to turn out to be a bit like, Bear or one of those players who you never, you never really had a great opinion on, and all of a sudden you see him in a setup that works him better, and you start thinking, "Oh, he's not bad actually. Actually, he's more important than I thought." And it's who plays with him is the bad. Yeah, but but you're right, Rob, because if somebody's if somebody's more talented alongside him than Tommy, yeah, yeah. then you kind of you're okay with Fred mm. being a bit more basic. Yeah. So mm. I think it goes into your point. Like, he's a really good player, and United require really good players but I think yeah. it will need some stars around him mm. for him to mm. um I, one just thing popped into my mind I did see a, a quote or I read a quote actually online Ralph Yagnick said after the game is that he didn't like there was two passes apparently there's two passes I think from Fred and McTominay that were sideways passes right. that yeah. we're gonna out, we're yeah. gonna work on yeah. that so yeah. <laughs> so he I think that forward yeah. didn't he <laughs> I, I think I think every mm. one particularly when they win the ball back you've got to go forward you've got to try and score a goal in in this yeah Eight seconds or whatever he, he wants. So, yeah, well, without going over the board, mate, I just thought mm, it was, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a big improvement. You, I could yeah. absolutely see a, a better, compact, well-organised, better coach team play. Yeah, good start for Manic. And I would mm. say as well, if you look at the fixtures coming up next, six or seven mm. games are all kind winnable. of winnable, you know, yeah. and, and I know that's not going to be easy, but all of a sudden they, they could have a run going into Christmas and into the new year. And then things start to certainly pick up for United. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Let's move on to another team who I think we called on the podcast and, and this week, Sneaky Spurs. They're doing sneaky well at the moment, my friend. Sneaky Antonio Conte has got them going. He's keeping clean sheets now. He's getting them scoring goals, apart from the Prince. And things going, I think, as well as he could have liked. Is it 10 points out of 12 now in charge? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I think we did say that there would be um, pretty quick improvement. We we know that the squad isn't brilliant, and it's going to take a little bit of time to really get where he wants them to be. And, I, and there's still going to be some hiccups along the way. But I think what he wanted, and I think we're starting to see, is a is a a better, stronger foundation defensively, mm. um, less up and down, in it, which is what he said in his words. You know, like it's a little bit more consistency. I'm sure the the patterns of play are starting to. We talked about the patterns of play, the yeah. shadow play that he does for hours and hours and hours. I'm sure that's starting to to reap rewards from that a little bit. Um, Hyomin Sun's a, you know, he's a coach's dream. He's a coach's dream. A little bit like Fred, I, 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 I'm sure he would listen to every word that the, the coach asks him and wants him to do. So he's got great energy. He's got great quality. He scores goals. Antonio Conte will love Hyomin Sun. Mm. Of course, the big, the big conversation piece is Harry Kane and what's going on with him at the moment and why he's not scoring. And looks off. He's had a, he's had a couple of chances, hasn't he? And he's looked yeah. a little bit off. And I saw he wasn't didn't get played in once. I think by Lucas today, he was a little unhappy that the ball wasn't coming. Just you know, snatching at one or two things. The one that he, he clips over the over um, the goalkeeper over Cruel. Yeah, when you think he's scored that easy? That, yeah, that's his kind of goals. Mm. He's generally they've been his go-to's. I don't know. Is it? Do you get a bit? Do you get a bit tight in those situations? Are you snatching a little bit? Does he want? I mean, one goal and one assist against Newcastle early in the season. It's not great. It's not a great return for him. And he, you know, Spurs are going to need him to start scoring goals if they're going to, you know, continue to go well and at least challenge that fourth spot, if not mm. higher. We've seen this before from him, Rob. Obviously, not mm. this long a period of time. It's usually in August, isn't it, where he doesn't score any goals yeah, in August. And yeah, he, yeah. He, you know, I, maybe you can delay that because of all the, the trouble that he had in the transfer window and a poor start and the manager situation and all that. Um, so I would tend to think that he is going to start scoring soon, Rob. I, I just—he's such a good finisher. Yeah. You know, I know it's not flowing right now, but at least his attitude is on. He looks like he's interested again. Looks like he wants to play for the new manager. And it's been taking a bit of time, but you know, it's. I think he's going to be excited for the project if you like yeah. with this new guy, and particularly when they start winning. So I think it will come. I really do think it yeah. will come, uh, and he'll. You know, he's going to get into double figures and have a good second half of the season. But you're right; they need that if he's going to finish in the top four. I mean, and Spurs finish in the top four if they do that ahead of the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United, yeah, West Ham United six, would six, be fifth at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, that that would be that would moment. be pretty successful, very successful for Conte if he can do that this season with them. 25 points with a game in hand, that game in hand against Burnley. So they go they go above West Ham yeah, and fourth if, yeah. if they won those points. So, yeah. yeah, good start from Conte. I suppose we've got to wait and see when either a slip comes or things don't go so well, how we can readdress that. Tim Howard was saying this time, well, you know what these Spurs players are like. Eventually, they'll, they'll revert to type. It's going to be interesting if he can keep them on it, Rob, and keep those clean sheets. And, you know, well, that's, I, what I don't... that's what he's done, hasn't he, in the past. And his, 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 his procedures and his ways have generally helps his teams out. But I don't think that we're going to see Spurs capitulate no. and be a shambles defensively. Like mm. Tim's talking, like yeah. they're going to go back to what they... Yeah. That that I, I would be really surprised mm. if we saw that for any more than maybe one game, one-off yeah, yeah. game or something. Yeah. But it, I, it, that's the whole point of Conte, that he's going to mm. try and build a much more of a steady foundation base. I agree with Tim in, in a lot of ways that defenders are, are not really good enough for where he wants mm. to take them. Mm. But with his coaching and organisation and planning they can I, I'd be surprised if they go back to that really kind of weak and and leaky leaky Spurs I don't, I don't think we're going to see it this year no me neither can't uh, getting the job done at Spurs sneaky Spurs we'll keep a sneaky mm-hmm. eye on them see see how they're going so let's take it to Villa Park Aston Villa 2 Leicester 1 um, I, I really enjoyed this game um, obviously Stevie G coaching against Brendan Rodgers used to be his captain at Liverpool managed against him in the Rangers of Celtic up in Scotland Stevie G gets one over his former boss with another good win for Aston Villa. Villa Park jumping at, at the end. Villa till I die. And Stevie G, not sneakily doing well, started his career very well. Three mm. wins out of four for, for Aston Villa and has got them going. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that the Villa fans are right to be excited. Mm. Uh, n- n- not just with the football, but what he says, 
which is important, what he says before and after games and how he carries himself in the games. I think we've seen plenty of passion from him and kicking every ball, as he said, after the game today, Rob, in his, his post-match press conference. Yeah. Um, but he can affect a game. And second half, they were a lot better than they were in the first half. Mm. And I think he was right, like giving the ball away too many times. If you give the ball away, whoever you are, you're going to be in bad spots. You're going to get caught out a little bit. So um, I, I think it's impressive what he's doing right now. Again, the team is super narrow with the way that they play, like this Christmas tree, really, 4 3 yeah. 2 one, getting narrow as they, as they get forward. Um, good options uh, in the attacking sense. And I think the players were saying afterwards, I, again, I, I read some quotes that, you know, it's just giving everybody a boost. They yeah. were a bad run, yeah. five losses. Yeah. They were, you know, and sometimes you need that. What I would say, Rob, is that it's still a, it's still a difficult job and club to satisfy longer term. What I mean by that is that mm. there's so much excitement around. I know they spent a lot of money yeah. and the club are bouncing right now and they're bouncing also with their new manager, Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to keep that winning consistency, in my opinion. I think it will. Yeah. I don't think the team is is that good to, to you, win. You, was it? Four, five, you know, four, are you suggesting then that, that they're probably, they're possibly, and, and this isn't a slur, I'm just asking, if you think they're thinking above their station to a certain degree, like we should be challenging top six? Because I don't think he's quite there yet. I think for a team that has just come up, I think there's a sense that we should be, could we be 10 to 6? Can we be somewhere between 10 and 6, I think, is the target for Gerald and, and the expectancy of fans right now? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, Rob. And that, that, that's a sensible, mm. good target. Yeah. Now, do, could I see them nicking sixth? Yeah. If if they can if they can continue this and Jared's interesting afterwards again, Rob, where there's some things that that we weren't happy with and players still don't trust our math methods yeah, yet, yeah, as yeah. if like we're trying yeah. to do different things that they still aren't taking on board, like yeah. that. Yeah, and he said we'll work on that this week, ready for the next game, going to Anfield, of course, Liverpool next weekend. I like that because he he realizes there's some spots that isn't quite right. Yeah. He understands that. He isn't afraid to say that. And he'll work on things. So that's encouraging. Mm. I just I just fear, right? I'll, I'll throw it back to you on this one. After all that being said, how really good he started. Are we seeing a classic manager bump, a honeymoon, honeymoon period? And it could it could kind of drop off and they could go back to a bit inconsistent villa. Not the same as Zorin yeah. Dean Smith, because no. that's not doing Steam Driving enough credit. Yeah. Yeah. But but it, it, you know, this winning, I mean, they lose to Man mm. City, but mm. other than that, like great victories or, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, is I this a classic you. manager bump that could, could drop off a little bit? I think not. And I think not for a couple of reasons. Why it could be a manager bump is because I think that it's Steven Gerrard is, you know, the great player, the great Premier League legend mm. and all that. But to be honest, there's so little of that about Steven Gerrard, the manager, I'm, impresses me more every time I see him. He doesn't care about his ex-career. I bet he's not one of those players, managers who ever says, when we played here, when I was playing. Mm. You've just talked about it, Rob. The same thing that I listened to after the game, when he started to say, I saw the things we didn't do right. He talks about small detail. He talks about things. I never yeah. heard Frank Lampard, when he was at, at Chelsea, talk about those same things. We often said, Frank's in-game management needs a little brush. Frank isn't seeing those things. I don't think Stevie's missing too much. Now, I also think... Mm. He's backing him staff around him. Michael Beale is a guy you'll see him with MB next to him. And there's Gary McCarthy. He's one other guy who's, who's part of his, um, his staff, of his brain's trust as well. He's got good people around him, Rob, who are all playing their part and, and having their say and doing their, their thing. And I just think that this guy, I, I think he, he's, he, he's a real deal, mate. And I think he, mm. because of that, I don't think it's about a bump or I don't think he's going to allow standards. I mean, it was young Ramsey who said today, you know, standards have gone up in training. Those things don't happen just because those things happen. Well, they've got to stay players. up, Rob, haven't they? They've got yeah. to stay up in training. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because, and, and I think they will that. stay up because I don't think Stephen Gerrard's going to allow... Stephen Gerrard, the, the thing that made Stephen Gerrard great wasn't just that he was technically very, very good. He, he, he had the energy in the drive that we had, that we didn't have his ability, so we had to have energy in drive. He had both, mm. Rob. And I think mm-hmm. as a manager, he's not going to allow people to to, to not put, well, to put the hard work in. Well, that's such an important part of it. Mm. Mo- motivation mm. from, yeah. from a manager is so important. So if you're right, then yeah, that can make a permanent difference. But we'll see whether those players yeah. are, are able to take that instruction, the drive from the manager and keep doing it every week. It would be really mm. important to how they go. It's a good point as well. Just before we move on, because we'll, we'll, we'll jump to, to, to Leeds next. But 
that motivation and that drive that we're talking about, has Brendan Rodgers still got a hold of that at, at Leicester? They've exceeded 13 goals from set pieces now. There's a, there's a little bit of, I don't know, there's something a bit of sparks missing from Leicester City for me, Rob. Mm. And then they, they mm. play, you know, this play spells a good football and you can see that they're well coached, but something isn't quite, doesn't quite smell right, as Brendan would say around them. You know, is, is he going to be able to keep pushing and prodding these players and getting the best out of them? Or is it stop, maybe going to start to go the other way? It's, it's so hard, isn't it? It's so yeah, hard. Yeah. Like, you know, if you can imagine being in his shoes, like he's brought so much excitement and the football was great and, and everybody realises, and Stephen Jarrett some really nice words about him, mm. what he's like mm. on the training ground. Yeah. But to, to keep that excitement and sparkle, if you like, keep the spark in the mm. eyes of the players for a longer period of time, it must be difficult. And I think we've talked about this before where, does they get to a point where he seems to plateau a little bit and the yeah. message gets lost a little bit. Oh, now, so he's got to show us that we're wrong, Rob. I mean, he's mm. got to show us that he can go again with this Leicester yeah. team because they are talented. They are a really good side. Harvey Barnes starting to look a lot better mm. again. Mm. His confidence was really down over the last few months, really. Obviously, he had that injury as well earlier yeah. on, but I thought he was bright, lovely goal with a little side yeah. foot uh, yeah. into the corner. So he's got to show us, Rob. He's got to show us. And we've, uh, I think you said today on the broadcast today, yeah, we've given a lot of praise to Brendan Rodgers when mm. he deserved it and the team plays yeah. great football and it comes into a team and organises and some of the football and the younger player development is great. Mm. But don't let everybody down now then. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. bad run and, and, and everybody's allowed to have a bad dip or a bad, bad run yeah. unless you have seven or eight and then you're probably going to get fired <laughs> yeah, yeah. as we see in other teams. So I, I'm, just, I'm just waiting. This is just an, it's, just, it's just information gathering of, mm. of Brendan Rodgers. Mm. How good is he? Because yeah. he's got to get this team going again because they're better they are definitely better with the squad than where the table suggests right now. Mm. So that's when the, the, the pressure does start to come on the manager and he'll be given time, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. to turn it around. And let's see if he can do that because it's, it's going to be important for his career, Rob. Yeah. If this drops away at Leicester and he, and he goes the next five or six with maybe one win, then mm. there is a lot of pressure. And then like, oh, where's his next job? It's, that's how crazy yeah. this game yeah. is of manager with, is it? with results. It can... You can be up and down very quickly. The same guy that, if things were going well, might well have been Manchester United, United. manager right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Let's, let's go to a game of any 2-2. Two, two. two teams, Rob, who I was thinking about this a couple of years ago, were both, were both playing in the Championship. We've now got a 2-2 two, two draw in the Premier League against Leeds and Brentford. Really good game. Uh, Leeds get ahead through Roberts and then Brentford come back through um, Baptiste and, and Canyos with a lovely finish. And then our friend Patrick Bamford comes back on the scene first. Uh, game back since mid-September, gets the equaliser, all kinds of stuff going on the pitch, a bit of stuff going off it. Um, did you see much of this one? Did did you take a look? I saw the bits, I saw the highlights, yeah. I saw the main bits, yeah, and uh, great celebrations again, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. you come on that, that late and you score, and yeah. to be fair, good celebration, the old, mm. the old shirt was getting <laughs> tossed around and chucked over his head, and uh, I, I, that, that Rafinha penalty against Crystal Palace in the last game to get them the three points at Allen Road was so 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 important, and uh, yeah, this, this this I'm sure this doesn't. I mean, it does feel great when you get a late goal, but I, I'm thinking, well, they're going to win this game. They're going to, you know, they're, they're cruising in this game. And then Brentford, to be fair to them, came back really really strongly. Problem, they, yeah, yeah, but I think Bamford coming back is obviously mm. what they've really missed and what they've really needed. Not just the goals, his general play, yeah. the familiar nature with everybody around him. Dan James will have to get get used to playing with him, I guess, as being yeah. a new player. Um, but I, I expect more now from from uh, Jack Harrison uh, and some of the midfield players that aren't been as hasn't been as yeah, good. So it's, it's huge, it's huge mm. getting getting him back. And, and yeah, I enjoyed the goal and celebration. Ellen yeah. Road, Ellen Road's a, a crazy. I have a, I have a very very sad memory there of, of relegation actually at Ellen Road. But what a blimmin! I, I appreciate what it is there and when, and when their fans mm. get going. I just I just think like they need to redevelop the ground. They need to get a little bit bigger, don't they? It's not, yeah. You know, yeah, I think football, yeah, I think they've had tough times over the last decade mm. or so, but, but they got, because they got the fans to, oh, they'll sell out. Fill Absolutely. Up. No problem. And, and don't forget, Luke Ayling was back as well today, Rob. I think he's important from at the back, good uh, full yeah. back, right back, you know, useful about, I think he's a good influence around, around that club. Yeah. Well, some, some video going around on social media. I think it's Victor Orta, the, um, director yeah, of football at, at yeah. Leeds. We've, we've got caught in some altercations shouting. We're not quite sure who are at, mm. whether it's somebody from Brentford uh, connections or Leeds connection, but get very animated at the side and have to be calmed down. It's not, I didn't think it was a particularly good look for Leeds. It's not a good look. But for no. somebody who's in an experienced management role in, in the football club, just thought that, that 
doesn't give a good global look, you know, that's going out all over the US. And, and these have been such a breath of fresh air and so welcome to the Premier League. I, I just thought that that sh- shouldn't really be happening. That shouldn't be going out, out all over social media as it was. No, shouldn't. Shouldn't. Maybe maybe some of the Leeds fans will like that, you know, fired up director of football, but he's, he's a... He's a director of this responsibility this, of yeah, yeah this yeah. great football club yeah. and yeah. whatever said my goodness I mean he should know mm. I mean there's all sorts of horrible stuff that gets that gets chucked out in yeah, terrace football games yeah. I remember going I remember going to watch uh, my little old club Oxford United so a tiny club I think there's about five thousand people there and me and my dad went into the stand and I as a young I mean how I was at that point probably maybe eleven or twelve. And I couldn't believe the stick the manager was getting because because it wasn't because yeah. it wasn't a big stand it wasn't far yeah. away, and I just felt God. And this is Oxford United, a small club, <laughs> yeah. and I just thought at that point, wow, this this job, who'd ever want to be a football mm-hmm. manager because mm. of the stick that flies around? So it does fly around there. Victor Water should know that, yeah. and I just thought he kept on and on, and it's like wow, somebody somebody flipping mm. calm him down, which took a long time. So. Long way of saying, I agree with you, my friend, right. and it was a bad look. Yeah. You're a director of this club. Mm. Come on, you know. Yeah. Well, There's talk about being from Brentford, from a Brentford possibly uh, fish Brentford, or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll find out in the next couple yeah. of days. But, yeah, not, not a great look for Leeds off the pitch, but actually did, did a good job on it and getting Patrick Bamford back is, is good news. A couple of other stories, mate, just before we, as we wrap things up. Southampton won, Brighton won. Southampton go ahead to a Brozier goal, lovely finish. Brighton come back to a Mope equaliser late on um, 98 minutes of the game. Again, Brighton get, get something. Mope scored against West Ham and scored against Southampton. But the big story here, Rob, and again, I don't know if you, how much you saw of this, but Alex McCarthy, the Southampton goalkeeper, late on in the game, was had a bit of a hamstring injury. Now, didn't say anything uh, to the manager. But call, but I think a few of the players knew. And when... Um, when Brighton had a free kick late on in the game, yeah, I did see it. Yeah, yeah. Wood uh, Wood Prowse goes running back to the line to help his goalkeeper out because he knows he's struggling. Wood Prowse then plays on Mope, who scores the goal. After the game, Ralph Hasenhurtle said he didn't know that, the, that his goalkeeper was injured. His goalkeeper should have told him and pretty much threw him under the bus by saying, you know, his ill discipline basically lost us uh, the, the three points. Talked to Tim about it, and, and, and Tim said, well. He wouldn't have told the manager if it was him in goal, and it's one of the things you, you, you take on. He said, "I would like to, I would try to stay in there and deal with the situation." Listen, there's no right and wrong in this, but I was a bit surprised Ralph Hasenhutl came public and, and, and threw Alex McCarthy under the bus the way he did and made it as public as he did. Rebecca, after uh, the game, said uh, she was okay with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. You know, for for in certain situations. Uh, not many situations, actually. Is it okay for a, for a manager to, uh, you know, in terms of trying to motivate some players that, that need a little bit more of a kick, a public kick up the backside? Not, not, not Alex McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that that get, that happens a lot. That was a tactic that I remember doing for our team. That beyond the end of the wall, and you sprint back just yeah, to try and get the ball, you know, that mm-hmm. corner, which is harder for goalkeepers to get to. So something that happens a lot. Unlucky when he's sprinting back out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the rule was when I did it, like. You know, you, you stay on that post until the yeah. ball cleared. Yeah. And the ball and hadn't really cleared. And he no. took a gamble to sprint out to try and catch him offside and was a little bit too late. The goal goes in. So I don't even think it was. Yeah, of course. The, the goalkeeper, he, he's trying to do his best. I, I don't think there's any ill intent there, even if no. it was a little unprofessional. And maybe the letter of, the, you know, the, the textbook thing would have been to go down and, and yeah. get some treatment so maybe a, a substitute can be made. But still, it's a legitimate idea to have a guy run back. Uh, but I guess it was an emergency situation and he, and he, and he should have stayed on the line yeah. maybe to defend it better. But no, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a little bit harsh from Hassan Hill, I think. Yeah, I think he's just disappointed, obviously, losing three points yeah. at home. That's a Brighton team who continue to um, get a few draws and, and get late goals. Final game, mate. We, we have to um, give a mention to the tomb. Um, so James's Park, Eddie Howe, Newcastle United won, Burnley nil. Uh, Callum Wilson with a well-taken goal after a bit of a goalkeeping error by Nick Pope. Eddie Howe gets the win. The tune go crazy, and now they'll believe, they'll believe they can maybe get full spot. You no, know, in Newcastle. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's, of course, 
really, really important. Um, yeah. Good finish, by the way, wasn't it? Good yeah, finish brilliant from, finish, from yeah. Callum Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy to to, mm. to find a way into the roof and that over the guy that stood on the line. A couple of changes. I see that Miguel Amaron was in the team, Rob. Yeah. A little bit, of a, right. little bit of a different setup from Newcastle United. And and I think that's right. Eddie Howe's got to make some changes to try and mm. get the best players out there. I think Miguel Amaron is one of their better players and has to find a way in the team. I know there's got to be balance involved, but he gets that balance in the midfield. Uh, with Shelby in, in that area and a, and a couple of others holding players in there. So I think he should play. I think that looks better with him in it. But it's just, at this point, they had to win. They had to win. Burnley, <laughs> you know, I, it's so funny of Burnley because like last year, I, I ran out of like, you know what, they, they, they're going to go down this year. This, yeah. I'm talking last beginning of last year because I just yeah. thought they didn't strengthen enough. They're getting older still, no new players. <laughs> and they still managed to stay up. So this this season, I thought, well, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to go with Burnley again. Yeah. And this, this, this season might yeah. be the season mm that they really struggle. It's going to be an incredible fight down there. Three teams yeah. now, Rob, isn't it, on 10 points, I yeah, think. Yeah, three points on 10 with Newcastle now. Three so teams on, Burnley yeah. 10, Newcastle 10, Norwich 10, Everton, Watford on 13, and Everton coming at 15, lead 16. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be tight down there. And as you say, Burnley struggling for goals a little bit. Only 14 goals this season. Chris Wood's got three. Russell Cornet's got five. He's a league high, uh, club high scorer. But he got come off injured again, looks like a thigh. Right. He looks like one of them who's going to keep picking up muscle injuries, which is not great for Burnley because he, he is a finisher and he can be a bit of a difference maker. And the mm. McNeils of the world are not really chipping in with goals. So I know what you mean, but I, again, I was... I think if I'm a Burnley fan, I'm, I'm pleased to hear Tarkovsky come out after the game and say, we're an experienced group, we know what we've got to do, we, mm. you know, we believe in the process and the manager and we'll, we'll find a way out of it. So, again, I, in Sean we trust, I'm not, I'm not going to go against him, the great man, but uh, I know what you mean, this year starts to feel a little bit different and um, you know they don't want to get themselves cut adrift because I don't see too many goals in this Burnley team right at the moment. Yeah, and Newcastle back to them on the league table, Rob. Yeah, the, the, yeah. for, the, for them to win their first game of the season into December yeah. and now just be three points behind Watford, who are yeah. the next team up for um, 17th spot. Yeah. Uh, chance, pretty, it? yeah. Great. It's a really yeah. good chance, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a it's a better chance than I would have thought, mm. given that record to start with. Yeah. Um, and, and I would think with a couple of players in January that... And, and again, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, this team has got the players in it to have a little run, to go for yeah, a little run yeah. now. It wouldn't surprise mm. me, Rob, you know, the next... I think yeah. actually I've got some really difficult games upcoming. We've got a load of games, yeah. Yeah, up, tough yeah. ones. Yeah. But, I, but I, I'll but stick with Newcastle are going to be okay this season. Um, Burnley, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Just before we close, mate, a little bit of news that's breaking today, mm. just as we got off air, and then we'll, we'll probably talk about it in, in our midweek potty because we'll have a little <clears> bit more about it and obviously Everton play. But Marcel Brantz, the director of football at Everton, it looks as though word is that he's going to be leaving the football club. Mm. His departure has been finalised, going to be fully announced tomorrow. He joined the club in 2018 as the man who was going to be behind the scenes getting all the players and doing all the recruitment for the managers. So there's been some fallout at the football club. Uh, there's talk about uh, talk of a walkout tomorrow after 27 minutes, I think, at uh, uh, Goodison Park as Everton take on Arsenal. But Marcel Brantz, uh, I know a man you you you, you researched a lot and, and saw a little bit about. Looks like mm. he's leaving the football club. So the first casualty, really, in this thing in this mm. situation where Everton haven't been happy with the way things have been going on the pitch. It's difficult to to know exactly what's gone on, mm. right? I mean, it, it, he's resigning. Is he, does that, I mean, all we can do is speculate. Does that mean yeah. that Rafa wants more power? Mm. Does that mean that, actually, Marcel, let's, let's think about who you've signed, by the way, and some of these players, where are they? Where's Moise Keane now? And how good's Alex Wobi doing right now? And this, this mm. give a mean that he's had injuries. Yeah. But not many of his expensive signings, Rob, have been a great hit. And, and is that part yeah. of it? Mm. Is it Rafa Benitez that says, what, why we got this guy? We've got a window coming up. I want to, so it's, it's, it's really, really hard. It's really hard mm. to, to speculate what's gone on. Yeah. But I think directors of football absolutely should be as accountable as managers and mm. coaches because mm. their job is even more important for you. If you're the owner of the club, you, you as a board of directors, you, you basically, you, you hire the director of football with like, this is us, this is our identity as Everton Football Club. We want to sign this type of player and he's, he's charged them to go and get those. And if, they, if those players are not good under one, two, three, four managers, 
then he hadn't done a very good job because those mm. players aren't very good for the money he spent. Mm. So yeah. it, you have got to have accountability in that position. And we don't often see this, but this is one of those, again, he might walk away on his own accord or whatever, mm. but he hasn't done a very good job at the football club. No. Else, else the, the players that he brought in will be excelling a lot more than what they really are. So I'm mm. not surprised that he's gone. What happens in the future? Are they going to have a direct replacement? I don't know. Are they going to trust it with Rafa Benitez? What if his form continues to go down and, and then he goes? So it does put the club in a little bit of limbo right now, whether yeah. they're going to stick with the same structure. We know there's varying voices in that um, in the uh, director's box. Gordon, David, or- yeah. or- or- mm. David Ornstein, our insider, was talking about right, that yeah. and, and different influences from different sides of things. So power yeah. struggle, maybe. Mess, maybe a little bit. Stadium, yeah. exciting, but... But hand, you know, it's it's restricting the club maybe in the transfer market. And Brands is gone, so yeah, yeah. new big story today. Mm. We'll see how that affects yeah. going forward. Yeah, we'll see how that rolls out. They spent half a billion dollars over the last six seasons, oh. and they're sixteenth mm. in the table today, five mm. points above relegation. Well, mate, we'll wrap it up there on a weekend when Liverpool left it late. City stole past Watford. Fred find United to three points in the first win for Ralph Rania. While West Ham and Sneaky Spurs keep their hopes of top four spots alive. We'll be back on Wednesday, that's December the 8th, when we'll recap the Everton v Arsenal game and any more South Branch news. And we'll round up all the final games of the Champions League. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe and stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.